listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow my brother on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow myself at Summit Commish. Follow our show at Summit SOM Pod. And of course, follow the media company at Apollo NBA and at Apollo HOU. GM, I think we are at this point where we have to start thinking. You know, I it, it's one of those things. Like, look, we're we're post game from the Warriors Rockets, and, and it was a uh, it was a close game for the most part. But uh, it was unfortunately a game where we were not meant to win whatsoever. We lose one twenty seven to one twenty. We absolutely, from an Astros standpoint, we shellac Yankees on a daily basis. The Yank, you know, we are the Yankees daddies. I think. As Rockets and Rockets Twitter and Rockets fan base, you start need to start realizing from the past uh, maybe seven years or so, the Golden State Warriors are our daddies. Unfortunately, <laughs> GM, how you doing tonight? <laughs> um, I'm 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 not gonna deny that. You know, I mean, as much as I hate the Warriors, Ken, I completely agree with you. I've said this before, and I'll say it again: the Warriors are the Astros, and the Rockets are the Yankees in this. Uh, level we're just a little brother that can't really compete and unfortunately that's just how it played again tonight Steph Curry and Clay Thompson went nuclear Clay Thompson decided to go vintage and go back and do what he always does and sh- oh, well not what he always does what he always did like three years ago mm. and decided you know like I'm that dude again and if you include you know, okay, okay let, let, let me just say this. Seth Curry and Clay Thompson hit 17 threes total. And the fact that they did that, the Houston Rockets as a team made 15 total threes. That says a lot about the shooting. Granted, they made a lot of, you know, circus-like threes. Threes were just raining. It was pouring. Well, I'm looking at the stat line, and this can't be right. 74 points from the Splash Brothers combined? Uh, I believe so. I believe 74 so. combined? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're not beating the Warriors when the Splash Brothers are going, you know, above God mode at this point. I don't know. What, what do we call that? Omni mode. I just created yeah. a brand new word. Omni mode. You, you can't. 74 points and you tack on the 22 by Wiggins. That's. I can do math. This is 96 points combined. <laughs> From yeah. the three players. There's just no way that you can beat a team like this. Like, at that juncture of the season. Now, granted, the Warriors aren't even that good. They haven't had a really good season to start off with. They haven't won a stinking road game I know, we conceded tonight. them a road win. Their very first road victory of the NBA they season. they were going to get one, though, and let's, it's, let's be real. It was almost Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's pretty horrible. Um, that's why I had at least the expectation that the Rockets would compete tonight, and they did. But... 
Oh, then, there's so much yeah. that happened. Like, from the outset of the game, like, it looked great. Like, we lost 127 to 120. And for the most part, like, there was a lot of fight. Um... Man, there's a lot to discuss here. Okay, so let's let's start let's start unpack let's start unpacking. But first and foremost, look, from the last time that we recorded, uh, we won we won the game against Dallas. I predicted the dub, and I got I got the dub. You predicted the L. So I, I sure got, did. I, I, I mean, I, I, predicting an L seems like a pretty safe bet around these parts. It didn't help much at all. It got us to win number three, but unfortunately, we are still three and fourteen for the season. So. It's been it's been a very up and down week. These rockets just have a tendency to fight back, but a lot of where things kind of go wrong and it'll fend perfectly for what we're going to talk about in terms of the Rockets Warriors game is the lack of ability to do the little things that will ultimately make a team like, you know, a team win basketball games in the NBA level is to be able to make these little plays, these little shifts and motions on defense that where you can't leave certain guys to understand the personnel of who you're playing against and to know that you have to get to these spots, you have to beat the players to these spots and just boneheaded plays. Like and we're going to and you know, we're going to talk about that obviously as as this pod goes along, but GM Rockets Warriors Give your like initial thoughts from what you thought throughout the game. I mean, it was a marquee matchup. You know, I'm gonna shout. I'm gonna shout out Will. I'm gonna shout out Will one time. He literally he told me this and he put it on his Twitter. He said, "This is my championship. If the Rockets win, you will never see the end of it." And and in ways, it kind of is, man. It's like this is the defending champs. Where they're coming into Toyota Center. They're coming into our house. There is a lot of history between the Warriors and the Rockets. Um, which I alluded to in the beginning of the episode, and the GM uh, so beautifully detailed with a with a, with a, with a wonderful tapestry of words that he has. Um, they they really are our daddies at this point, and it's been that way for the last seven years. But going into tonight now through this game, what was your overall impressions of the game? What did you tell me? Some of the good, some of the bad that you saw. I'll say this: like, um, if we're gonna go based on the overall play, it was very impressive. Shout out to the two rooks, the legion of stops. They didn't just lead the way defensively. They played very, very well offensively tonight. And you know what? Jabari Smith Jr. shot a career high, 22 points. Tari Eason, career high, 22 points. Not sorry, 22 points. 19 points for our guys, right? And it seemed like Jabari Smith Jr. got himself out of the schneid. He was shooting with more confidence, he was three of nine from three in the uh, in total. He was three of six in the first half. But I'll say this: Jabari was a little bit out of rhythm in the second half. He didn't touch the ball as much, and he did get some shots in the mid range. But overall, I felt like there were opportunities to be had with Jabari, and I get it. Um, Jalen, Kevin Porter Jr. They both were feeling very confident in their matchups, but you got to share the rock, boys. Eric Gordon. Still shot a little too much for my taste. Not a fan of it. Not based on the eye test, at least, right? Yeah. But again, shout out to Tari Eason, man. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 8 of 14 from the field. And all he does every time he's on the court is just make a positive impact. His hands are everywhere. His defense, his defensive intensity, monstrous. There is not a single person on this roster that makes the type of impact 
that Tara Eason can make on both ends of the floor. I mean, I don't know what happened in the second half. What I can tell you is that Tari couldn't find the bucket. We're going to be completely transparent here. But that's okay. He's still a rook. And this is all part of it, man. And it says overall, like the plus minus from the bench, everyone except Usman Garuba was positive. Plus 12 KJ Martin. Plus 6 Tari Eason. Plus 7 Dacia Nix. Dacia Nix, middle, little misleading. Plus minus stat. You were so upset. You were like, there goes the run. Buzz Killington right in action. Oh, dude. Dacia Nix, whenever he makes these like little like lackadaisical... Um, it just seems like he's not putting much effort. It's like a momentum killer. He is legit Buzz Killington. He walks into a room in the middle of a party, mm-hmm. says something completely idiotic, and makes everyone scratch their heads. That is how Dacia Nix plays point guard sometimes. He just makes stupid plays. And I, granted, he, he, he had some positive impact in this game. I'm not going to deny that. But there are certain possessions that change that change games and the run that we were on was was just so big but to see the way that he impacted it in such a negative light was maddening um you know but overall okay let kevin porter jr had himself a game man 10 to 19 from the field 5 of 11 from three he only turned the ball over twice that is what's impressive to me two turnovers only mm. from kevin porter jr you know and I think that that is really good considering that the ball was being moved. Granted, we did see some ISO towards the end of the game, but he was feeling it. So it's kind of understood in the realm. Like, you know, it's it's really push and shove in terms of like what could have been done better here and there. But offensively, the team was good. Defensively, whole other story. Whoever was telling these guys to... Whenever Steph Curry was getting a screen and they would go under the screens, I just wanted to punch a punch a hole in the wall. It was maddening. It was maddening. And the defensive effort was there in certain respects, but you couldn't keep the defensive intensity. And that's the difference between veteran teams and young teams. And that shined tonight. I you know I don't know if the Rockets like got the memo um I don't know what the scouting report was, but I mean, Stephen Clayer, I mean, as far as I know, based on the eye test alone, they're, they're decent shooters. I mean, I heard some good things about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. I mean, I heard they're pretty, pretty decent shooters. Oh, wait, checks, checks records. Oh, wait, no. Stephen Curry is just the greatest shooter of all time. And Clay Thompson's at this juncture is probably the second, maybe third greatest shooter of all time. They both play on the exact same team. They're both the backcourt and they both drop 74 points combined on the Rockets. There were so many broken plays where they came off of screens and the Rockets either were ball watching the entire time or were late getting to the spot which Steph and Clay would just go bonkers from three, which is what we I fully expected. They and the the maddening part was when Garuba's in the game, when you have KPJ Jalen Green, uh, Eric Gordon, or KJ Martin, um, Jabari Smith, and Usman Garuba. Like, that's your five. Or I guess you could flip Tari for, you know, Gordon as well. That is 
I want to see 2018 Rockets. I want to switch everything. Because Garuba was more than holding his own on Steph. And I don't think Steph scored on Garuba at all tonight. I think he may have gotten two or maybe two points, maybe four at most, maybe. But based on the eye test from what I saw, granted, there's some plays where, you know, I wasn't able to watch. I was cooking dinner, by the way. So I couldn't I couldn't do everything. So there were moments where I had to step away. But based on what I saw, I didn't see Curry score on Garuba at all on those switches. Garuba more than held his own. I don't understand why you just don't switch that. Or attack the switch. Why? Because is Kevon Looney going to just bully you in the post? I will live with a Kevon Looney bully in the post all day, every day, as opposed to a wide-open Steph Curry or Klay Thompson 3. That is when you have LP off the floor. I can understand you don't switch when LP's on the floor because you don't want that mismatch. Garuba proved that he can hold his own in a one-on-one situation. The issue, another reason why that the... Curry and Clay dropped 74 points was also because of the fact and I'm going to and I'm going to put some blame here on them is on Jalen and KPJ. Their primary their primary um defending position was supposed to be defending the Splash Brothers and they did an absolute horrific job. Mm-hmm. They were slow getting to their man. They did not see the screens. They didn't go around it. They kept going under the screens. They didn't attack. They didn't beat them off position. They left a half step. On shooters like Clay and Steph, you don't even give them a half step. You give them a half step, they're going to freaking bury you alive. And that's exactly what they did. And when you see that, it's 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 maddening. Like I was so frustrated because I could see the play a mile away. Like I'm like, stop ball watching, get back, get back, get back, and you, then you give you, up a you three already know. or a broken play where they get a offensive rebound and Curry Curry starts and, and I love it. It's it's the same play every damn time where Steph will go for like go for the rebound, but obviously Steph doesn't get the rebound, so Steph just quickly sneaks like a ninja into the corner. He's like he's like, oh, let me get into the corner really really quick, and he's gonna get it every time because everyone once again is staring at the ball and granted it's basketball i get it when you play these guys defensively when you play a clay and steph defensively you need you absolutely cannot leave them there's no reason the only like you should not if if i'm their primary defender my eyes do not leave them yeah ever I don't give a crap if the ball's going up. You're playing four on four at that point. Yeah. Like that's that's the way I that's the way I would approach it if I was them. First of all, shout outs. Look, I gotta give my shout outs. First of all, shout outs to my son. Freaking Jabari Smith. I'm gonna start low and work my way to heaven here. <laughs> Jabari Smith, first of all, his defense. Every time he switched on to Clay and Steph, they could not score on him. Like they barely got any shots off. Jabari's length bothered them to a degree, and it was such a great sight to see. And more importantly, Jabari beat them to their spot so they couldn't even get clean looks. Jabari's length, his quickness, his um, side-to-side movement, the lateral movement was on full display tonight. He was blowing, constantly blowing up pick-and-rolls set by Kevon Looney or Draymond Green. He was there to beat Steph and to beat Clay into the position so they don't get comfortable for the three. Because that's how you beat them. You want to play a team like this? You want to attack the greatest shooters of all time and beat them? You need to beat these guys to their spot. And the movement has to be perfect. And Jabari, for all accounts and purposes, played almost perfectly every time he switched on them. It was such a great sight to see. That's point number one. Point number two, yo, I kept some I kept receipts on y'all. 
a lot of people are talking smack. A lot of I I'm not gonna say who, but I have heard people say, "Why don't we? What you know? The, Paolo's obviously the top pick. Oh, Jabari's a scrub. Oh, Jabari can't dribble. Oh, I y'all know who you are. You know who you are. I don't need to call you out. You know yeah, who the, you are. The, then some people are gonna be like, Justin was Apollo guy, but I always prefaced it. And said that. Well, your receipts are in the episode, so you're not yeah. like, yeah, and you're, and you're mean, not, I, I'm and not, you weren't negative, but you weren't negative. As much as I wasn't negative on Paolo, I just yeah, had a preference. It's not like, exactly. That's exactly what I say. Yeah. Uh, you uh, have your preference. Jabari has been struggling, but it was never like, I've given up on Jabari. Does that make sense? There's a lot of people that were, absolutely. And Kenny, I really want you to take that victory lap, man. I mean, your yeah. guy played very, very well tonight. No, abs- absolutely. And, and, and I think that's the only thing that's really frustrating for me is kind of like, when he's not playing well, when he can't dribble the ball, when he's looks a little lost out on the court, you know, like my boy looking like a draft with 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 headlights in front of him. I, I don't understand it. Like everybody gets really really loud, especially some you know some certain people that I know get really really loud when he's not doing well. But then when he does well. I just don't hear a peep. I'm like, yo, can we keep the same energy? You know, you're going to keep the same energy if you're going to say he's doing, if you're saying he's not him, if you're saying that Paolo is the generational top player and Jabari has a great game like today, shout outs to him that had his career high. Where's the smoke? Can we at least admit that we're wrong? Shout outs to one of my boys who literally told me, I will eat my words. You know who you are. (laughs) I appreciate you, my guy. It's one of my one of my good friends. We really bonded over the Astros playoffs, but it, it was just one of those things. And and Jab- you just see that sense of Jabari getting comfortable every time he just takes it. Like those mid range jumpers, guys. When you see his games in Auburn, that is where he cooks. Like that's how Jabari gets into a rhythm. Yes, that three point shot needs to fall, but that mid range shot is kind of how he gets into a rhythm. He kind of shoots those little fadeaway middies. That's kind of like his. Almost like a layup for him. Like he, that's a way to kind of get himself going. It doesn't look like a great shot from the outset, but he's so damn tall and the release is so damn high. It's like very Dirk Nowitzki like. It's pretty much unblockable. He got those, he got like two of those over Draymond. Draymond couldn't do anything. Like that's the type of player that Jabari can be. He shot the ball, he shot the ball well. He went 0 of 3 in the second half, but he shot 3 of 6 to start the, um, Shot three of six to start the uh, first half for the you know for the Rockets during the half from three, but then once we got into the third and fourth quarter, but it was hard for him, man. He didn't get into a rhythm. They were barely watching him, and and I think that's the problem is that he was already kind of like on fire at that point, but then he just saw less of the ball. That's on KP and Jalen. You gotta if you see your man cooking, like you gotta continue to feed him. Like I can't blame him. Like granted, on the flip side of the coin, GM, when we talked about this, Jabari Smith missed. A very clutch three in the fourth. In my eyes now, I'm not absolving my son by any means. He has not hit a single clutch three. And when I mean clutch threes, it's I'm gonna say like three minutes and under, maybe like two and a half minutes and under. And your own, I have uh, yet your own to ways hit, of clutch time. Yeah, I have yeah. yet to see him hit a clutch three. And those shots will fall in due time. I really still I still believe that they will, but tonight I can't. I'm not absolving him from missing that shot, but at the same time, like he really wasn't in rhythm by that standpoint in the game. That's the equivalent of throwing Vernon Maxwell in the middle of the fourth at the end of the fourth quarter to shoot a to shoot the game winning shot in Utah. That's disrespectful, man. I don't want the shot. You know what I mean? At that point, like, you know what I mean? Like that's that's where it kind of is. You put Jabari to 
to be in that moment and he was already kind of ice cold. He barely got any threes left that second. I only shot three. So mm. from that standpoint, I don't blame him. What do I blame the loss on? I blame the loss on the fact that they gave up 74 points to the goddamn Splash Brothers. That's where the game was lost. GM, let's let's move on from 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 obviously from what's what's been talked about. Look, Jabari Smith was was great. I want to also highlight Tari Eason. I want to give some shouts to Tari Eason. I know that you are already harpened upon that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to do a little bit more on Tari Eason, man. Just like not even from just this game. Like where has Tari just kind of surprised you lately? You know, from his from his from his standpoint of like plays and and games. Did you want? I'm trying to remember. Did you want you wanted Tari Eason, right? Was he like one of your guys? Or was yeah, it, he was certainly because it was someone... so it was so Chan, it was so Chan and and Tari, yeah, right? Tari was a guy that I definitely wanted. That was if you were to drop at 17. So yeah, that's absolutely someone that I wanted on this team, and it just it seemed like a little too um, predictable in the sense to pick him, but you know, just it it worked. You know, that was exactly what was going on, and I was extremely happy when he fell and let me tell you man like to everyone that wanted Tari Eason that that was the best pick that we could have gotten he's the, the absolute steal of the draft that could be year two for the Rockets in a row where they get the steal of the draft but I'll say this like Tari Eason needs to start closing games from the looks of it um his play absolutely deserves it he is certainly someone that deserves the opportunity to close he might even be soon in the starting lineup i don't know if it's gonna happen this year but in my opinion the way he affects the games he should totally be out there uh eric gordon not so much just my opinion don't believe he should be out there starting but you know that doesn't mean that he is a bad guy it's just that it just moving forward it just seems like the team is more cohesive when Eric Gordon is not on the floor. Granted, he had a great game was the other night against Indiana when he went off in the beginning and the team fell off. We get big leads, lose them, stay within the game, and then lose it within the last six minutes of the game. Um, there are a lot of people that <laughs> you know, um, argue about certain roles of certain players, and granted, everyone is entitled to their opinion. You know, It doesn't bother me. Um, but what matters is when people talk about in matter of fact, like I'm right, you're wrong. I'm dumb. I'm you're dumb. I'm smart. Shit like that, you know. Um, I know this. I'm kind of getting off the tracks here, but it's just kind of no. Something. Get off the tracks. It's certainly something. We're at the that, point that we're at three and we're we're three and fourteen now, GM. I don't think we can really at this point. There's I mean, no I'm, getting I'm, off I'm the just tracks. I, I yeah. I'm just uh you know venting a little bit of frustration of what I see on the timeline. Granted, we suck, yeah. and it just a lot of people. I don't know. It just, it just. I feel like there's just a lot of negativity out there, and there's just a lot of angry people. I understand. I, I think it's very warranted. I, 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 it's fair to a degree, but there's just there yeah. there are ways to go about it, and there are some people who are just so definitive, and it's just. I mean, that's the thing, and and I think that's kind of where my call out was on the Jabari haters was just more like it's so definitive for them, even though my man is 19 and. And played in what game seventeen? Uh, he just played game seventeen of his entire NBA career, yeah. you know. And they're already ready to judge my guy. And yet, uh, you know, when he does well, everyone's you know the, the timeline's goddamn quiet. Um, GM, I I do wanna I wanna highlight somebody, but I I have a hot take from this, and I want to know what you think 
because it's been on my mind and I've kind of talked about it last episode, but I really want to kind of dive into this. And I really Mm -hmm. believe that, and this is a true belief. This is a true belief on mine, which we talked about. Shout outs to, uh, to my boy, Jay, uh, the young bucket that's been on the show from the very beginning, our very first guest ever. Um, shouts to him. He brought up like a question. We were on our way to a basketball last night. And then he said, would you trade KJ Martin? Like, would you personally want to trade KJ Martin? And I thought about it as I was driving. And then I said, yeah, I would. And then, you know, Jay was like, oh, well, well why? And I thought about it again. And then I was like, you know what? KJ Martin does a lot of good things. He does a lot of good things. He, this is what KJ Martin is in my eyes. And this may be a hot take from, from people, from what people may think of him. Because people think he's great. I think he's decent. KJ Martin has a lot of highlights. KJ Martin, he big time blocks. He he'll just you know you can literally put together a ESPN top ten based on KJ Martin highlights alone. KJ Martin will dunk the ball emphatically. He will block the he will block the shot from a seven foot one, seven foot two Boban Marjanovic looking type person. And he will you know scream and it's loud and it's great and it's a big impact and it. Should be seen as a momentum swing, but plays like tonight, where KJ had a what? Well, KJ had a dunk and it was beautiful, and he freaking mama jammed it, slammed it in. But then the following play, he didn't box out, and then someone dunked it right over KJ Martin because he did not box out. Yeah. So I mean, the he, two he is com- great. He complained that there was a foul there as well. Yeah, but no, no, no. Bottom line, you didn't box out. That's my bottom line. KJ Martin, he makes great highlights, but he does not turn the needle at all defensively for this team. He has a loud two, but it's still two points. It comes back on the other end, and you're right back to zero again because you just gave up two more points on top of it. So when Jay asked me this, I thought about it and I said, you know what? It's not this isn't this isn't worth it. This isn't worth it what he provides, in my opinion. He doesn't turn the needle for this team. He's not clutch defensively. He makes a lot of loud plays, and they're great. But, guys, it's loud plays, but it's two points at the end of the day. What is two points to, what's two points to the other team that can just come back and get another two- or three-pointer because K.J. Martin misses an assignment, misses a box out, you know, misses a cut going to the rim, gives up two points, misses up, messes up on a switch when he's supposed to switch on to another player, doesn't read the play properly. I don't dislike K.J. Martin by any means, mm-hmm. but I've seen enough of K.J. Martin where he is... <clears throat> I just don't believe that he is the right fit long-term for this team. And I think if it's up to me, I'd start looking at trade. Because mm-hmm. think about it from play. You know, I, I, I hope teams don't listen. You know what, by the way, guys, if you're not a Rockets fan and you're listening to the show, please don't tell. Please don't tell anyone of the other organizations. I want them to watch the highlights. I want these teams to watch the highlights. His stock is raised. He's been playing really good basketball for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, from a highlight standpoint, Jim, what do you think of KJ Martin? After what Jay had asked me in the way that I was able to kind of break it down, mm-hmm. what's been your overall impression of KJ Martin? I'll say this. Um, a trade with him included, in my, it just doesn't seem egregious, but I will tell you this. I disagree with you. Um, I don't want him to be traded. Of course, value coming back has to be fair and will help this team moving forward 
granted, I do believe I I believe you in terms of like KJ Martin's defense is just not that great. I've seen good days when he's had good defensive plays and days where he's had bad plays. Okay, define defensive plays. I mean, granted, what, 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 what is he like? like is all it. you say is the blocks, right? Which is totally fair. Okay, that's understood. Give me an example. But then, all, but what, I'm saying, what, what I'm saying is this: he has the athleticism. With under the right coaching, his defense can improve. Ah, there and, we go. Just and that's the, that's oh, that's, that's, that's what I'm why. saying because he holds coaching. he holds a lot of value at the three and the four spot on this team. But the more he's played. He holds a lot more value playing as a three next to the likes of Atari Eason and then Jabari Smith Jr. or Usman Garuba playing at the top. And when they have an athletic guard like a Jalen Green or KPJ next to them playing one or the two, not Dacian Knicks out there. Please, God, no Dacian Knicks. But what I'm saying is that I'm not going to be quick on the trigger to trade KJ because I believe that there is some potential there in terms of his defense becoming better. Granted, that's all f- up for debate. You know what I mean? Like, it's well, you're possible fine. I've that seen enough. it's possible that he won't. I've seen. He enough. won't be better. He is on what year three of his deal? It's his third year. Yeah. Third okay, year. so he is in the third year of his deal. Granted, I've seen enough. Um, the thing about it is that if this team were a winning team. How would KJ Martin fare? Because the only good defensive players, really, really on this team, are Jabari Smith Jr. and Tar Eason. Okay, but think about it like this: really, though. if they're a good, yeah, but if they're a good team, is KJ Martin starting? Oh, definitely not. Definitely. Okay, okay. Well, but then there you go. He has, that's he has the a lot reason of why he doesn't even want off the bench. Well, that's the well, that's the thing. He's not even. He's not okay with that. Mm-hmm. He wants to start. That's the whole point. Well, like, he, he he wants to start. I'm not going to say did he, did he, did he quote that he wanted to start because I'm saying I think he. Oh, wanted I mean, he's, he was quoted in the offseason that guaranteed he to start. minutes, right? Yeah. And with the extension that Jay Sean Tate received, and with uh, the arrival of Jabari Smith Jr. and Tari Eason, obviously KJ felt like. The writing is on the wall. Okay. They're paying these dudes. They drafted these guys. I'm still here. Where do I fit? And I believe that it's fair, but I do agree because I was mad at the request. I thought the request was stupid. You're a role player for the worst team in the league. I think that was dumb. Yeah, Play so, out okay. your contract. Okay. I, I, all your, you have fair and valuable points except one valuable point. You literally said he's a good defensive player. Where? But I, didn't you said say, you, I didn't you said say you he saw, was a good defensive no, player. No, you said you I've saw good possessions. Play. There was one like possession what? tonight where? at the perimeter where? where KJ stayed in front oh. of Clay Thompson. You stayed in front of Clay Thompson. He stayed in front. Oh, my God. He's... He stayed, he stayed in front of Clay The thing about it Thompson is that you see that the foot. What I'm telling you is this. We're going to crown is that him. The, I didn't say that he was a good defender. I said he could potentially become a good defender. I said Clay he's Thompson had good defensive. He's had good defensive plays because he moves his feet. And the thing about that Who is. Who am I talking to? Am I talking to a brick wall here? I'm telling you. You say he kept Clay Thompson in front of him once. But granted, granted, once. granted, Clay Thompson is is, is and slow he, and he's and old he gets, and he's not playing and the same then, way. And then, and then but granted, Martin, Clay Thompson looked like looked like Superman tonight. I think KJ Martin gets beat on a freaking on a freaking uh what do you call that a quick uh, cut to the basket. KJ Martin is so stinking fast. There's no reason why he should get beat on a damn cut going to the rim or or not being able to box out. 
and get dunked on. But, like, that's the problem. Like, dude, it's... Okay, okay. Did he I, have I will the give, position to jump, though? I will give... I mean, no, he was not in a position he, to jump. He, he but was he boxing did, out. But he wasn't boxing... I think KJ's mindset was like, okay, it's going to come to me. So, like, he was going to jump for it, but, like, it was just going to be kind of those half-assed jumps. And then it looked... And then the guy came over. Now, granted, it could have been called an over-the-back, but I don't think the guy put any, like, body on top of him to warrant the over-the-back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it didn't look like as much contact was being made, just from from the from the bird's eye view on my uh, from my end. Okay, I will give that in terms of th- that the potential's there, and then you know the GM totally opened his agenda by saying you know under a t- a t- under a certain coaching, then he can you know maybe he'll no, flourish. Well, I mean, see, coaching is a whole other okay, story. Okay, no, well, you just I, well, I know, I, but you had you had just said it though. I but said you were saying with that, good coaching, yeah, with good but coaching, there with is good is there good coaching? Uh, okay, well that's the thing. That was all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I get it, but overall, like it, it's not it, what KJ Martin does. It just doesn't move the needle enough. The highlights are cute; they're great. People get off their seats when you're watching it live. It's it's a nice little adrenaline push. Like it is a little he, he shot does, to he the does arm. play an exciting it's a shot brand of basketball, arm, but it Absolutely does not does. win games. I've seen so many games, GM. I can count six games that we could have freaking won if we just played stout defense and actually like didn't make bonehead of plays jim we need to talk about this by the way let's transition into this jalen green eight second violation are you kidding me to end the third quarter like come on are we really doing this like yeah that that was egregious that That was egregious the awareness is certainly something but that's also the falling victim to being young can i tell you something last time i saw that eight second violation rajon rondo dallas mavericks 2015 playoffs and what happened then? Rajon Rondo got removed. Rajon Rondo went off the edge and he went said, off the screw edge, this man. team. And he, what, he did that on purpose. Like, low-key, you could tell he did that on purpose. But, come on, GM. Eight-second violation in the NBA. Like, Harden used to always teeter with that, and then he would always jump in. By the 16-second mark, he would always jump into front of the half court. Jalen was like, and I kept thinking that in the background. I didn't say a word, but I was just in my head. I was like, oh, my God, the eight-second violation. Oh, my God, the eight-second violation. Oh, my God, the eight-second violation. And then Jalen it got to, played it. And, and then it got to 15, and I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, you are literally shooting yourselves in the foot. GM, when you saw that play, like, how did you react? I thought that was completely idiotic. Like, how are you not aware of what is happening? And let me tell you, that was something that, I just couldn't understand, couldn't believe it. Like you said, it, like like I said before. Sorry, it was egregious. Like that's a call that you that that you just have to get past half court, man. It's just laziness, unaware. It's a damn turnover. It's so it's stupid. A turnover. It's dumb. And in my opinion, it's like, yo, man, like that's just. I don't know. It's very disappointing. I mean, Jalen was very aggressive getting to the bucket tonight, but the shots weren't falling for him. You know, we definitely needed more out of Jalen Green. Absolutely, we needed more out of Jalen Green tonight. You know, he could have definitely turned the tide. In oh, he's terms. been struggling, dude. If I can just like, I don't mean to interrupt, but if I can give you his stat line, he had 16 points, which is great, but four of 15 from the floor, one of eight, I think, from three. That's unacceptable, dude. Especially. From year two of a Jalen Green, this guy that's supposed to be, you know, making that next step, his past two games have been really, really bad. If we can highlight a little bit or of what, you know, the game against Indiana where KPJ didn't play, I was excited. I was going to be like, yo, Jalen Green is, yo, you know, he can easily drop a 40-piece in Indiana because it's Indiana. Like, 
I, I, I knew what the team had. I really felt like Jalen could shine here. And, you know, the ball would be in his hands more. The usage would be higher because KPJ wasn't on the floor. But he did not have a good game against Indiana. He had a bad game tonight against Golden State. I mean, yeah, the defense was horrific, but you could have used, I mean, like, look, he got 16 points before 15. He missed 11 shots. Like Maybe Jalen needs to go back and unbraid his hair because every time Jalen gets braids done, he just seems like he's out of his element. We need a stat check. Uh, Brad Muse, if you could, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> could you do us a solid and give us a, a braided, a braided hair to an unbraided, to an unbraided uh, hair ratio in terms of uh, scoring? <laughs> God, what is it? Uh, like a, a, what is it? Your home away splits? Give it, give me the braid and no bra- braid and unbraided splits, please. <laughs> Gosh, it was. It's just you know, it's just. Um, I don't know, man. Like I'm it's, not it's gonna bad. state that. Yeah. His inconsistencies are frustrating because they certainly can be. It's just a matter of finding his footing. Um, maybe Jalen really Green good. suffers from the Alex Bregman syndrome of starting the season slow. No, but he had, no, he had good games. Like, he yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the ball granted, really well. Granted, good games, but consistently having good games. Like, it seems like he's hot, then he's cold for a few. He gets hot for a few, gets cold for a few. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, you know, kicking us in the butt now. Like, we're not expected to win. If we were expected to win and then Jalen stays struggling, then we're going to have some issues. Like yeah. if, if the team was supposed to be their Pythagorean um, win-loss record is supposed to be 10-5 and five when we're, you know, 8-7 uh, uh, and seven or something, right? Mm-hmm. That's where I have an issue. Um, but we're 3-14. and 14. We should probably be, what, 5-12? and 12? At best, well, like I count, maybe. Well, including these past two games that have taken place, which I believe we could have won either of them. And tonight, we could have won tonight's game. We could have beaten Indiana as well. I count six games in total that could have swung the pendulum the other way. So if we break that in half, that's three games. So if you take three of those games, yeah, you're right. You would be what? What were you now? What are we? Three and fourteen. We're three and fourteen. That'd be so five, and, five 12. and twelve. So yeah, that'd be right around. No, no, six. We'd be six. So if we win three out of the six, so that would be six and eleven, okay. which would be a lot better. It would make me feel a lot happier. Like, yo, six and eleven, this is fantastic. Um, GM, I I do want to highlight on this as well. Actually, this whole episode is just a bunch of lowlights outside of my son. But <laughs> and Tari Eason, please. And Tari Eason, obviously, we gotta show some shine to Tari Eason. Um, Alperin Shangun, man, he was one of three from the floor. He only played twenty three minutes. Dude, Kevon Looney was like put him in the goddamn cement mixer. Like LP could do nothing. Every time LP wanted to set like a little post move, Kevon Looney would just beat him to the spot and he would not move. Like LP was so uncomfortable. I like mean, you could just tell. Kevon Looney is a champion. Yeah. And he's played defense amongst many bigs. Many talented bigs. Including he's been switched James on Harden. to many guards like James switched. Harden. Yep. And Kevon Looney can and hold his own. And he's underrated for that. And Alperin Shingun was shown today that he's still ways away in terms of playing good games against good bigs. And there are certainly things that Alperin Shingun can improve on. But when it comes to this... This is just more so another humbling piece in terms of his overall growth. And it's a great learning lesson for LP. And 
Hopefully we'll see later on in the season. Maybe LP will have a better game against him. He'll be more prepared playing against Kivon. But that's up to LP. So, I mean, we saw a lot of Usman Garuba tonight. We saw some Jabari and Tari on the floor together as the four and the five, I believe. And that was a very, very effective lineup for the short time that they were on the floor. Um, but with Shangun, man, we'll, we'll certainly see improvement in terms of him moving forward. But tonight was a game where he was just struggling again to stay on the floor. And it happens. The man is only 20 years old. Year two. We put a lot on these young guys. And our expectations of them can be a little overwhelming. Unrealistic. Yeah, unrealistic. Yeah. That's exactly the word. And it's not very fair to them. But as fans, we feel like... You know, like we want these guys to play so well that it hurts when they when they don't, and it's a little rough. But hey, man, it comes with the territory. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to obviously put a lot of stock into it. Just, just from what I saw tonight, LP just could not do anything against the Kevon Looney. This is the same type of player that got switched on to James Harden in the most important parts of the playoffs when. Harden was an absolute 100% god mode, the tribal chief, the head of the Rockets table, James Harden, just freaking killing it. And, I mean, Kevon Looney was able to stay, keep Harden in front of him. So, if he's able to do that, I mean, Alp could do nothing against Kevon Looney. It's just, it's a little uh, disheartening. I, I think it's just one of those things, it's just a bad matchup for Alp. Um... Those stout centers that know how to play defense. Kevon Looney is so underrated, in my opinion, as a defender. Um, probably one of the most underrated defensive, oh, not even just centers, but overall players. I think Kevon Looney doesn't never gets enough love because he's just back behind the two greatest shooters in history, and you know, and Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green and everybody else. But um, it's just one of those things where it just didn't end up working out for an LP. And I think overall, it's just. It was just a rough outing for him tonight. I wouldn't put too much stock into it, but it's just one of these types of games where you may have to, like, either you put in Garuba as the backup center because he did play good minutes tonight, or you just run Jabari at the five, and, you know, you run small ball with, like, Atari Eason or a KJ Martin, and you just run it with you just run it from there. But, I mean, that's just kind of, like, where I stood with the whole thing. Okay, GM, let's keep talking about it. There's a certain player that did not get any minutes tonight. And we do need to discuss this. Um, will the real, will the real Josh Christopher please stand up? Like, where are we? up has just not. This needs to be talked about. Josh Christopher has basically been shut out of this rotation in favor of a of your favorite player, Mister Buzz Killington himself. Uh, Dacian Nix, shouts to Charlie, who loves Dacian Nix. I mean, it's great for the Charlie agenda, but not so good for the Josh Christopher fans out there. DM, why is Josh Christopher not seeing the floor here? What are we missing? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like the, this coaching staff really puts trust in Dacian Nix running the second unit more so than Josh Christopher. I get it, Josh but... Christopher is more of a combo guard. He's not a playmaker. We've seen flashes of his playmaking. Um, he's made very easy, simple reads, and that's a good thing. Um is there things that Dacian Nix outclasses him in? Sure. Playmaking, he has the vision. But in terms of Dacian Nix is lackadaisical and looks unmotivated in his passes, Josh Christopher may do things on the completely extreme other end of where he's like pushing it a little too hard, not as calm, forcing the passes 
because he's trying to make something happen while he's on the floor. And maybe that's part of the pressure that he is feeling in terms of that, right? And it was just, I don't know. I'm really bummed to not see Josh Christopher on the floor. We're already 3-14. and 14. Why not? But maybe just right now, there's no space for him to play, man. And at this point, unfortunately, the talent has surpassed Jacob in that sense. And maybe we just haven't seen that type of improvement. Um, I don't know. We're not there every day. They ran, well, if you're basing it on tonight's game, they ran a nine-man rotation with Dacian Nix basically getting the Jacob minutes at 13 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Tari Eason, who you got to give minutes, 22. Usman, 22. KJ Martin, 23. And those are pretty much your bench players getting the PT. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jacob, there's been a lot left to be desired uh, at the start of the season. Jacob hasn't really done anything spectacular that made his name, his name known the rookie year that made his presence known the rookie year. Um, it's been hard for him to get into a rhythm with this team. I don't know if it's because he just wasn't able to be simpatico with the, with the new guys like a Jabari and Atari and everybody else. Um, and then after the minutes that they saw, Silas saw it enough, and then he kind of yanked him. Um, I thought the yank was a little too quick, in my opinion. Or maybe there's just stuff behind the scenes that we don't know. Maybe practices. Maybe Jacob just is getting beat straight up in practices. It's 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 possible. You know what I mean? Like th- those are always those always play a part in it. But like there are a few things in life that are free, and hustle's one of them. And Jacob never lacks the hustle. At least from what we we know, he never lacks in the hustle. So at this point, at this point in the season, when you are three and fourteen and you're done through the first seventeen games, now granted, like I said, we won game number, we won, we've won three games through the first seventeen games of the season. I'm so happy for that because we only won one game in the first seventeen games. So we've, we've, we've tripled. Wait, we've tripped. Yeah, we've tripled our output. Yes, we've tripled, we've tripled our output. output. Yep. So, which is great. We'll take but it. We're still three and fourteen, so that's not so good either. Not so great. <laughs> I I think Josh Christopher's just. I think the reason why he's not getting PT um, is just because of the fact that maybe they just maybe Silas just wants a more steady hand on the uh, you know as a at the point guard spot. Josh Christopher tends to be erratic, so and he tends to not look the other way. At least I guess they see Dacian, and Dacian can kind of set the table for his guys. Not obviously for the best reasons. He turns the ball over sometimes. Like he had a key turnover tonight. But yeah, you're three and fourteen, man. You're eleven games under five hundred at this juncture of the season. I don't think it'll hurt to at least give. J- I mean, for goodness gracious, like run the ten man rotation, split their minutes in half, give them seven minutes each, like, and just see who plays better. Just seven minutes each, and just see what works out. I don't know if that's a little too much. It's you're pretty much in a similar position as you were in last year. It's at a point where it's just like, well, the season is pretty much lost. Um, unless they just go on some crazy, you know, I mean, just in terms of when I mean lost, I mean, play in, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. You, I you, want you them to very, compete. Very Actually, high hopes in terms you know of that what? happening. GM. Okay. GM. You're right about where you stand, right? Like how many games did you think you were going to be like into the season? Like where you thought that this team was going to be like, well, you, cause you, how many, you had him tagged at what? 20. I don't remember. 25 to 27 wins. Probably. All right. Okay. Right so now. we need to be the 10 seed. To make the play-in, right? Yeah, we need to be the 10 seed to make the play-in so we can play an away game and a play-in game. We are currently five and a half games out. Yeah. It's not impossible. 
It's not impossible. All you got to do is string some games together, and you can kind of turn the tide from there. Okay, GM, let's go ahead and end this episode here. Um, we try, uh, people. We try to make this as fun as possible. It's man, it's, it's, it's not exactly the most fun, but we d- we do make it fun. And I can't deny it. It is a big jump from the high of the Astros World Series win. Back to the rebuilding stage of an NBA team. And I will always love the Rockets. I love the fact that we are that we have this platform and we get hundreds of listeners per episode. Like it makes me really happy to see that and know that, you know, we're impacting the culture yeah, of the Shout city out to of those Houston. that care to listen to us even after we suck. I know. <laughs> Seriously. We yeah. crack like three hundred like every like every episode. So I'm like Really happy at y'all that choose to still listen to us, despite the fact that we're 3 and 14. <laughs> Welcome to the ride, ladies and gentlemen. Whoever is here, by the time we're competing for titles, I'm going to take y'all all out for milk and cookies. Don't know who you That's are? A... I promise, whoever is still here with us at that juncture, if you listen to us back at this time, when we were still rebuilding, I will take you out to milk and cookies. Tim Keister is one of them because he's he's an OG listener. So, GM, let's go ahead and go home here. Um, oh, first of all, uh, let's just let's just kind of not stray away, but like let's get on a closing note for this episode. It's Thanksgiving week, um, GM. Just for just for the giggles of it all, you know, it's 2022. We've had the whole year kind of going through us. Uh, name a few things that you're thankful for, man. You know, it's Thanksgiving week, so what are you thankful for? Oh man, I'm just thankful for those that take the time out to listen to us. Don't give and a politically su- correct answer. Come support on us. Come on now. I'm thankful for those that have come out and attended our watch parties over the last 11, 12 months maybe. Um, that is something that means a lot to us. The you know, never-ending support. People that say hi to us at the Rockets games. That's Dude, that's unbelievable. Uh, very thankful that we still have the Rockets organization. There are teams that don't play in certain cities and people will just love to have a basketball team. We're lucky enough to be, have one of those teams in our city. Very thankful to our people and our fam at Apollo HOU taking care of, taking care of us, giving us this platform. Thank you guys. Um, yeah. Shouts to Dez and Josh and, and Stoney and Dex and Noah and Garrett and, uh, little bro and our people, Jerry, and our people, man, our love homies, them. all love, all love, the guys. Man. We're very thankful. Dudes being dudes, absolutely. And uh, you know, um, thankful, <laughs> thankful for the Astros, man. They put champions next to the city. That is the name of Houston. Very thankful for them, man. And if it weren't for you guys, this Rocket season that we're watching now would could probably be much worse. But when you have this, like the sting of this. Uh, losing season for the Rockets is just not as bad considering that hey man we're still champions the Texans are terrible they're much worse than us they're in a lot worse standing than us um but thankful to the Astros man unbelievable stuff and thank you to my tag team partner my producer the commish Kenny thank you for sharing this platform with me man you're welcome very appreciative this is what I do no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay uh spin are you gonna ask me you gonna ask me? You gonna ask me what I'm thankful for? Kenny. Uh huh. What are you thankful for? I don't want to answer it anymore because I felt forced. <laughs> I don't want to answer it anymore now. Um, 
<laughs> I really felt like that was forced. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'd be echoing the s- similar sentiments to the GM, but yeah, no, first of all, I just want to, uh, say that I'm thankful for my son, Jabari Smith, uh, for being a rocket first and foremost, uh, that late June draft pick was, uh, was life changing. And, uh, I just want to say that, uh, you know, just Jabari Smith is him and I'm very thankful that he is a rocket and I'm thankful for the haters. Jabari knows you and he knows you exist. And he's happy to prove you wrong. I'm also thankful uh, just for, yeah, I, you know, GM brought up a great point. I mean, a lot, you know, we, we kind of get so stuck in the micro aspect of the season or the micro aspect of the Rockets and trying to nitpick every little single solitary tiny thing that you see. And this, this is what we're supposed to do. I mean, like we're media, so technically we're supposed to do that. But really, when you think of this Rockets team, we're not supposed to think of them from a micro standpoint because we're still a rebuilding team. The whole idea is to think of it from a macro standpoint, where you're going to be a few years from now. And knowing the fact that you actually have an NBA team to root for, you know, Seattle would love that at this juncture of the season. Las Vegas would love that. Um, Austin, Texas, I've heard people there want an NBA team. Like, it's like... You know, there are teams out there. St. Louis wants an NBA team. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, it would be thankful that I'm thankful that we actually have a team in a city that, you know, has uh, three major sports teams. I'm not going to name the third. But uh, no, you know what? I won't name the third. I'm thankful for the Rockets, the Astros, and the Dynamo. Um, but, you know, I, I'm also thankful for the team. Yeah, I'm thankful for Apollo. Um, I'm thankful for the Astros for just, you know, putting two titles, making us a dynasty, obviously. Um, I'm thankful for everyone that listens to us. It's really humbling. I appreciate it that you guys have been with us for the past two and a half years on this uh, wonderful journey with us on this ride and continuing to ride with us. So we appreciate y'all. I'm very thankful for y'all. Um, uh, I'm also thankful for, I guess, you know, oh, psh- I'm thankful for my brother. <laughs> thankful for the GM. Uh, I'll be honest with y'all, and I'd be kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit. Um, if it wasn't for him, watch parties would not exist. The Rockets watch parties, the Summit Rockets watch parties would not exist. So if any next time you see my brother or say what's up to him, give him his flowers because he does really work really hard behind the scenes in terms of um, partnerships and and networking because he's a lot of the reasons how we get deals with like breweries and like getting stuff like this, like getting the beer on tap that was in our name and getting that relationship with urban South for the watch parties in the past. It's all because of him. He's the, he's, he spearheads that. So, um, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm thankful for him and he's, and he's expanding his wings. He's, uh, he's flying high because now he's covering soccer. Apparently I did not know this. He decided to surprise me by saying he's covering soccer as well. So he's a pretty multifaceted man. Maybe one day I will write about wrestling for Apollo. So <laughs> that would be the dream. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, th- I'm thankful for my brother and I'm thankful for uh, everybody, for each and every one of y'all. So let's go ahead and end the episode here, GM. Um, go ahead and hit him with the sign off one time for the Thanksgiving break. Oh yeah, guys. So make sure to shoot me a follow on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow our podcast on Twitter and TikTok at Summit, S-O-M-P-O-D. Follow us on Instagram where the commish makes killer banging reels for the people. I've I've been trying. I've been trying. (laughs) At Summit State of Mind underscore 
P-O-D. Follow our group at Apollo NBA. Follow the company at Apollo H-O-U. And, you know, everyone just push that follow button. It's really not that hard. To be completely honest with you. If you want to give us a nice little Thanksgiving Christmas present, show that you're thankful for us, follow us. Get people to follow us. Sure. Let's build the brand. Thank you. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's build the brand. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an episode on that note. Yeah. And you can follow myself as well at Summit Kamish. Um, we appreciate each and every one of y'all. Um, and like myself and the GM said, we're thankful for y'all. I hope everyone has a blessed and great Thanksgiving. And uh, y'all be safe. Y'all enjoy it. Stuff your faces. Um, enjoy time with your family, with your friends. Or if you ever feel lonely, just know that you have two friends on the summit. Turn on our pod. Listen to us. Uh, and we can guide you into the light in a positive light. So that's what we're here for. So go ahead and uh, we appreciate each and every one of y'all once again. Have a good week. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Rockets. The Summit for, 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 for. Bye.